think we're on. Yeah, this is on. Yeah, cool. I'm Roberti. Thanks for coming to see me and do this podcast. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> so we don't know each other very well. We 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 don't, but we've done a comic together, so we, we know each other somewhat. Um, I'm keen to to learn more about you. Well, um, so yeah, I obviously work in games. You work in comics and illustration. Mm. I'm very interested in learning about your industry. And you've mentioned that you're interested in games. So this is kind of a two-way AMA. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds good. I mean, games and comics are kind of crossing over more and more. So it's kind of a space that's, I think, um, it's an exciting space more than anything to kind of cross-pollinate and things like that. Uh, you know, uh, in-game comics, kind of uh, uh, comics that are associated with games. Yeah, it's just really, really cool stuff. Yeah, so we, we got introduced through Andy Ewington, who was involved in our Peaky Blinders game. Oh, right, okay. Um, because there are some aspects of that that are comic influenced. Yeah, of course. Without giving away too many spoilers. Okay. And um, and he's been great. He was a great advisor and he uh, introduced, us to, uh, introduced us to a couple of artists. And we had such a great time mm. with that. We thought, let's do a comic for our new project. Mm. And so I went back to him and said, look, we need more. <laughs> Who have you got? Yeah. <laughs> and he recommended you. Um, That's really nice of him, first of all. Yeah, we've um, done a few pitches together and, and he actually, I think he started working at the company that I was kind of just finished a project with. So it was kind of, it was the right time to kind of be uh, be recommended. So thanks, Andy. He's yeah. a very, very talented kind of creative designer. I mean, did, did you see his posters actually that he does yes. did on uh, Patreon? Yeah, yeah. They were great, weren't they? They were really, really good. And then of course the BBC News, was it BBC? I think it was BBC News, his cameo about southern southern train is that what they call southern southern rail southern rail yeah yeah he wasn't happy that day but no he's, I missed he, that. he's a good guy i love him <laughs> so uh, can you talk about the work you were doing there or was that all um under, under uh, it's it's out uh, so it was a an in-game comic for the uh the man of medan game which was oh, i think right. went through bandai namco is that the right way around bandai namco namco yeah. bandai namco bandai bandai namco i forget i think it's I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I, I, I think it's Bandai first. That's kind of how I've, how I've, I'm probably wrong. Um, but no, that was, that was loads of fun, actually. I think it was 48 pages. And as you went through the game, it kind of, um, you found secrets and it unlocked the story within the comic. And it was kind of the backstory of the game, which was like really, really cool to work oh, cool. on, actually. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really, really good, actually. It was intense, but it's, it was, it was good. It was worth it. And uh, so we've been working with you on a six page comic, yeah. which I think is going to get shown or drip fed mm. pretty soon. Really excited to see it kind of out there. Yeah. It's very, very proud of it. I think it was a, it's a true um, collaboration of comics and games. And I think it looks absolutely awesome. Um, you know, we did our bit and, and you guys came in and you, with the, you know, I can't say too much at this point, obviously, <laughs> but with the, the bits you added, it just, it really, really brought it to life. I'm really, really impressed. So I was, uh, I think I said on a previous podcast that um, I really enjoyed the process of mm. just that small number of people mm. can turn yeah. around something quickly that is engaging. Mm. And it, it was a new, it was an eye opener for me that the product breaks down to it into four people, really. Mm. The writer, the, what would you call yourself? I mean, traditionally in comics, it's this, it is, it is around four or five people. You have kind of like the, traditionally you have the, the penciler, uh, kind of the pencil artist that does a lot of the breakdowns and the anatomy and the, you know, the, the framing and the, the kind of the, the detail. And then the, the, the inker will come in and kind of add 
depth line weight and which i believe used to be for kind of reproductive purposes um and these days enough artists to say a lot compress that into kind of just like a line art stage so i i do that so i'm i'm probably just just the the artist the line artist i guess um which is kind of like you know page flow um storyboarding yeah storyboarding and then kind of like the finishing with the lines as well so you kind of like using line weights to add depth to kind of each of the panels um add textures um the the flow of the page and how the panels kind of intersect and how, how you guide the eye down the page with the um the text and the speech bubbles uh, that's something that i would say that is is within this remit um and then it goes on to the colorist and then the letterer and then you know um so you're thinking about where the speech bubbles are going to go before they're there ideally yes because i mean i learned lessons very early on that if you don't leave enough room for speech bubbles they don't fit Mm. so (laughs) so it's one of those things where you just have to plan for it and then also kind of the the eye reads kind of left to right and almost like a Z format. So you kind of really want to be preserving the kind of the, the speech bubbles and where they sit in conjunction with the artwork to to kind of like accommodate that as, as, as much as possible. Um, and there's quite a lot of nuanced rules with kind of speech bubbles and things like that. But that's something that I, I like to do just so I know the space and, and things like that. So for, 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 the, for the comic we did, I was drawing silly little squiggly boxes for my, my letterer to, okay. to kind of like... This is where I want it. Yeah, 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 but 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 then she, but then she will come in and she'll look at the final art, and my stuff's only really a guide, just so I know that it fits, and just so I know that the flow's right. Um, and then I, I leave it to her, and she's just excellent. Mindy, Mindy's really, really. I worked with her for maybe five or six years now, maybe longer, maybe six years, and um, yeah, she's excellent. And do you have because it's Amco Studio, right? Yes. So it was. I mean, it started off as kind of me being or at least trying to be a freelance artist and then being a freelance artist but with the work I was getting which was kind of graphic novels for for through book publishers predominantly so I worked with a, a YouTuber called Joe Sugg who he was on Strictly I think last year or the year before really? yeah yeah he's, he's, he's doing really really well he was great to work with um, and I was working with a book publisher and it was just the deadline was just too much for me to hit on my own um, so I I was already working with uh, the colorist uh, and the letterer and kind of brought them in and yeah it was it was a it's like a production line almost and you know five five years later we're a, we're a well-oiled machine so right. we just we can churn out pages you know uh, some projects you know 10 12 pages a, a week ideally kind of <sighs> like six to eight pages. yeah no, really? ideally, yeah yeah it was i mean that's not advisable or right. or anything that i would recommend uh but if you can as an artist, it can it can help. It can definitely help to be able to do that that fast. I think as long as you're honest with the, the publisher or the client, you know, with the timeline on something like 12 pages a week, you, you really have to be saying that this is not going to look as good as if you gave us twice the amount of time. And of if you're cool with that, we will follow the schedule, but it's less than ideal. Mm. Um, but with, with our project, you know, we had we had a good amount of time to do the six pages, which I think was... I think it shows in the end product, to be honest. I think it does really show in the end product. But um, but no, that that project, uh, the the uh, the project with with Joe, it was. I'm so proud of it. And looking back, that was kind of. I don't think I knew it at the time, but that was kind of the beginning of lots of cool work. So okay, when was that? Twenty was it? Twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen? I think. Well, we were, we were drawing it in twenty fourteen at the end. Of, I think at the end of twenty fourteen. 
Is that sort of a breakthrough for you then? Do you see it as a breakthrough into that sort of work? What were you doing before that? Before that, I was kind of, it, I mean, I think with, with creative stuff of, of any variety, a non-standard creative kind of work, there's a transitional period. So I was slowly transitioning into uh, into kind of more illustrative work, but I was, I was still being creative. So I was still graphic design, um, web development for a bit actually which was actually super fun i'm a bit of a tinkerer so i, I do like and i do like that and, and i think you know looking back i think that taught me to be less focused on just the creativity because it's also about churning the work out and it's also about being logical and it's also mm -hmm. about and, and, and those kind of things kind of really weirdly fed into it and then obviously the we were just talking about SEO before this, but you know, to have a bit of knowledge about SEO and, yeah. and web and, and social, it helped kind of like kind of go forward uh, with that. Um, and then the, the, it was called Username EV, um, and it was uh, if I can I remember the accolade. It was the fastest selling graphic novel since records began. Wow. something like that that wasn't to do with me but it was, it, yeah it was it was Since into, records began. <laughs> yeah i know right uh, but that was that was that wasn't to do with me as such but the the fact that the product was so well received was was really great um cool uh, and it was greenlit for a trilogy uh i think two more books came out uh, and then from there, it's been a lot of brand work as well. So, you know, apart from Assassin's, I did some Assassin's Creed covers for, for Titan. Um, but we've worked with kind of like with, with Disney, with, we've just done some stuff for Adidas, uh, Netflix and entertainment brands like that. So how does that happen? Do you just get calls? What? Yeah, weirdly. Yeah. And it's, it's somewhat, you know, it, it still takes me back to this day sometimes, um, the cool kind of like emails and calls that come through. So, I mean, even having the opportunity to work with Adobe recently has been really, really great um, in terms of like kind of what they're doing and how they how they boost their brand and elevate their profile and, and, and the, kind of the kind of, I mean, I've used Adobe products since I was 10, you mm. know, so 33 now. So 23 years and, you know, having, having it's like, it's almost like Adobe's in my blood. So it's kind of yeah. like, it feels like a really, really full circle thing to happen. Um, so what are you doing for them? Can you say? Um, so at the moment I'm in a, uh, what's referred to as an Adobe Insider. So I will will work together on Cool Brief. So we did some, we, I did a, a double page spread comic for Adobe and the Royal Shakespeare Company. Um, we had to pick a, a Shakespeare text and obviously consult with the RSC and with Adobe and, and come up with a my take on that classic story. So I did kind of like a, a, a futuristic dystopian version of the Midsummer Night's Dream, which was, it was really cool. cool. Uh, yeah, it was, it was loads of fun and they were really great to work with. And yeah, I, I think through that, I discovered a new art style as well, which happens from time to time, which I, which is always nice. Um, yeah, so that that's that's cool work. And yeah, I mean, it's a, a mix between kind of comics and illustration um, kind of on the the promotional side and then also concept art for things that i can't talk about so publicly right. which, which is all nda and, and things shit. yeah yeah right yeah <laughs> like, so when you say you're working for brands it's still within comics you're still uh I, i'd say it's i'd say it's actually is entertainment the right word so we did like we did a 
Um, I don't know if anyone remembers the film Midnight Special, but yeah, yeah, it's a good yeah. film, right? Yeah, it's cool. it was really underrated. Yeah, um, it's unusual. Yeah, yeah. really. Un- I need to watch that again. Actually, Michael Shannon was great in that. Yeah, and the kid was very good. Um, yeah. but um, so we did a, a. I think it was a six-page kind of adaptation, or was it four-page? An amount of page adaptation of Midnight Special, which was kind of nice for kind of like Warner Brothers and their representative in the uk came to us and like oh we need this for this and it's so it's it's kind of on the promotional kind of um brand pr side of things Um, and we get a lot of work through those companies for for that kind of thing so we did a some artwork for the glass movie that came out uh great which was yeah it was yeah it was that was that was lots of fun um and just just things like that really so it's yeah yeah i love it i really do so you got started in when Mm. Well, I've drawn forever. Okay. So when I was a kid, right. uh, my, my parents would give me a piece of paper and a pen to keep me occupied and I just never stopped scribbling. Um, and then it became a, a dream. And then it became, as I became an adult, it became an even more distant dream. And then it was impossible. And then eventually it happened, which was really nice. Um, so it's it was kind of like a perseverance thing. It was more of a stubbornness thing. It was like, I'm going to do this and mm. the world say no and then you keep going and then eventually it kind of like slowly but steadily happens. Um, so 2015 was probably when I would consider it a full-time professional kind of like arena, like the arena of illustration and creative. But before then I was still always drawing. I mean, looking back, I wish I'd have, um, I wish I'd have put my work out there sooner. So I didn't even start doing any kind of promotional things or, or, or showing people my work or attending events until I was about 25. Right. Um, so, you know, that's that's fairly late. And, you know, it took it took a good two or three years before I was getting the work. And it can it can take longer, to be honest. So mm-hmm. the earlier you start with that kind of thing, the, the better. You hear about all of these, you know, legendary comic artists who, you know, start at 15, like 15, 16, straight out of school, just drawing pages, sending them. And I look back and I go, I wish I'd have done that, really. Right. Um, but yeah, you can't really change that. So, but, um, yeah, 2015 was probably when I started. Yeah. So you got a busy year this year? This year, well, last year was really busy. This year is going to be really busy. So we've got projects signed kind of throughout the year. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to be getting on with drawing a, a lot of, a lot of pages, <laughs> a lot of pages. Um, and I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe something more with, with, with you guys, if, if that's something that you wanted to have a look at. I'd love I'd, that. I'd, I'd love that too. I think, um, six pages is a really good size to kind of, kind of do something like this. I mean, I know, uh, Titan comics and, and Dark Horse comics, they do kind of like game tie-in uh, kind of like things with Assassin's Creed and with, um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Maybe Doom? Was it Doom? No, War, well, was it Doom? Maybe Doom. Um, and I know uh, uh, there was a, was it Call, did Call of Duty do an online comic for their last release? Someone did. But yeah, comics are becoming more of a thing within games, which is quite nice. Then obviously the Man of Medan thing as well, which was which was awesome. Um, but yes, yeah, something that kind of like uh, either cross promotes or, or offers offers the IP or the story or the narrative in, in some kind of different, not just an adaptation, which is you know fine, mm-hmm. but but something that actually adds adds to the overall tapestry. Yeah, um, which is you know really, I think that's that's a good good step to be. be yeah, I've seen a few, I think a few projects that Andy was involved in were special editions mm-hmm. of like physical mm-hmm. box product, and you get a comic with it. 
which oh, tells some of the backstory, right, yeah. oh, which is a nice idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he do a comic for... I've seen one of the comics. Like Dark Souls, maybe? Or? Yeah, Dark Souls. Yeah. Dark Souls was cool. And I think he did a... I can't remember the game. Square Enix game. But it was quite cool. It was quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm fascinated by the whole world, and I, I know nothing about it. And I've tried to... I tried to set up calls with Titan and Image and mm. to see if we can do adaptations maybe, because we're obviously doing Peaky Blinders now. Yeah. And we're discussing doing another adaptation with another mm. big entertainment. The, the artwork of Peaky Blinders looks insane, by the way. I'm just, just gonna Thank say that much. here. Yeah, it looks amazing. <laughs> I don't I can't remember what we've shown you. We'll show you some more later. Okay. Uh, cool. But it's it's good. nearly it's nearly done. Awesome. Um Yeah, so you've obviously been through this cycle a few times because you you know a printer. You've, you've got this rhythm of knowing what it's going to cost for a number of pages, what the mm. turnaround is. Yeah. So how many, like, have you actually produced a comic with you and a, a couple of guys um, and gone and pitched it? Yeah. I mean, pitching is something that's very, very regular. Um, <laughs> very, very. Yes, I do it every week. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, I started off like, you know, really early on doing comics and, and anything illustrative, you kind of start doing your own kind of stuff. Yeah. So I started kind of quite, quite small and it's slowly kind of like built up. And I kind of, I kind of almost in a way look back and I went, oh, I, there's, there's a step that was skipped there, which was, pitching what is referred to as a creator own book and kind of kind of usually what the typical trajectory which is is typical and it's very general is you kind of like you do your self-published work then you do a, a, a creator own book for example and then you then you kind of like start working with the the, the larger publishers now, so a creator own book would be like an image book for example so it'd be something that a writer and artist come up with they okay. pitch it they get you know yeah we like it let's do it and, and that's uh, so when you say an image book do you mean that's the publisher that deals in that yes, sort of stuff? Yes, an Image Comics book. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so Image Comics are kind of the, they're probably the first stop for, for kind of creator own type books like okay. that because they've, they've, you know, been established for so long and they're really good at what they do and they're yep. really well uh, placed in the, in, in the market for those kind of things. Um, I kind of, in a way, skipped that step because I was doing my own kind of quite small independent book and then it just went straight to, you know, I think the second largest book publisher in the world all of a sudden. Nice. Yeah, but like tr tracking back, um, you know, I've been working with a, a couple of uh, writers um, on a book that should be coming out late this year, or at least solicited late this year, maybe out next year, with a company called Action Lab Comics in the States. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Cool. Yeah, super, super excited. That's that's a that's going to be a fun project to do. And how many how many pages is that? Maybe a hundred ish, a hundred ish. I Big say hundred ish. They may listen to this and they may no. It's one hundred and twenty five. But I'm saying a <laughs> hundred right now. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no. So I'm I'm kind of like maybe fifteen twenty percent through that, which is looking really good. And so, how did that come about? Um, I mean, I've known the I've known the writers for 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 a while. I mean, um, yeah, I've met them. When did I meet them? I met so Chris Baker. I met him at the last, the very last London Super Comic Con, which was, I think, a really great comic event. It was purely about comics, um, but I think it, it, I, I don't know what happened. I think MCM seemed to be running the show now a lot more. Um, but I met him there. We'd already speaking, speaking. We'd already spoken like previously, but that's when we properly spoke. I'd say, and then his kind of partner in crime, uh, writer. 
partner in crime, Matt Fitch, um, met him uh, maybe shortly afterwards or at the same event. And yeah, we got on really well. And they did a book called Apollo with Self Made Hero, which are a really cool kind of UK publisher for kind of graphic novels and comics and things. And we just got, we started talking and, and, yeah, we we pitched it to a few places, and and in the and end. So when you say pitched it, how much is done by the time you pitch it? For like, this, I think we did six pages. Okay, I think we did six pages, fully finished, fully but, finished yeah, okay. cover, six pages, couple of we might have done character sketches and things like so. Six pages, character sketches, uh, cover art, and then you know synopsis, issue breakdown, um, and any other things that editorial really kind of needs to know to kind of go, yeah, this is this is great, we love this, mm. um, and that happened here, which was which was really nice. So we're working together. Um, they've been really patient um, schedule wise, which is nice. Thanks, thanks guys, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, so I'm yeah really enjoying it. So I've got uh, an assistant on that, and then. The, the the colorist and the letterer so um i'm gonna say his name wrong he i met him for the first time i've worked with him for about six years um and he came to london film and comic-con last year and we met for the first time having worked together for like five or six years which is how it goes sometimes yeah, yeah it was really weird um but yeah he's in argentina Aquin? is that how he says it he says he says it's differently um but yeah it's spelled j-o-a-q Joaquin, yeah, Joaquin, but you know, like Joaquin it's, Phoenix. It's, it's more of a, there's more of a, a, a yeah, yeah. There's more, there's more of that. But lovely guy, <laughs> really, he stayed with me for a, for a few days. Really nice guy. It was so great to meet him. Hopefully, he'll come again this year. And then Mindy, who's uh, over in the states, I think near-ish New York. Um, and then Maddie, who's my assistant, she is based in the UK. So um, yeah, so that's how. Kind so of- when you say your assistant, she does ink and pencil as well. She, I mean. With the volume of work that I kind of have to get through every kind of week or every month, she does. So I do, I focus on the, the storytelling, which is like the, the page flow. And I focus on the lines, um, I focus on the framing, and I focus on the faces and, and, and the heads to, to get the style down. Um, Maddie will do a lot of the kind of like the the texture work, the kind of like the gray tone work. We do a lot of gray tone work, kind of this two-step kind of gray tone work, which is. Yeah, what we yeah. saw. Yeah. You start with blue, actually. Yeah, Is that a reason yeah. you start with blue? Uh, that's kind of something inherited from the comic process. It, it used to be that you'd produce kind of an undersketch in like in like blue line because then when you when you photocopied it or scanned it, that that specific tone didn't show up. So that uh, the, it's quite cool. Uh, okay, it's just something that I just do. Just right. it's almost like a um, respect for that, but there's no no real reason. I might edit in some screenshots of. Okay. That work you did. That sounds cool. So people can see it. Yeah, that sounds really cool, actually. That sounds really cool. Um, how about you? Anyway, I've been talking for ages. So Well, I've still got one more question. Okay, go on. So you, um, you had a six-page comic mm. and you pitched it to lots of publishers? Um, this was about a year ago, so I can't remember the details. We pitched it to two or three. Okay. I think two or three, not, not too many. Um, and it's kind of one of those things where it, it depends on so many things because normally the publishers will line... You know, it's probably the same in games, but they'll they'll line up their their itinerary a year or two in advance, maybe, and they might have something similar, or they might be developing for TV or film, and they they're, they're looking for something that's 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 shootable, that's you know reasonable on the budget, etc. You know, shooting it for kind of like for film or, or TV. Really? Yeah. So something that kind of like works for the budget and things. So and and then they might have a similar a similar book coming out, or or, or they might not be looking for that genre. It might just be over for now and you know you know how vampires makes a resurgence and goes away sure. and space came like that kind of thing um like market trends 
so we ended up pitching it to Action Lab, and I, I think they were up. They they were our first port of call because I I really like their books and I really like what they do. They they do they do really kind of highly finished comics, and then and they're established within kind of like the US uh, the US comics market. And um, yeah, they were like, yeah, we yeah we like it a lot. So let's let's do that. And I th I think the guys uh, Chris and Matt they were already doing a book with with Action Lab, so it was uh, kind of a foot in the door almost. So it seemed to work out nicely. Cool. Yeah. Because I'm thinking selfishly now whether we could get our comic pitched as an actual mm -hmm. an actual series of comics. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, let's we should talk about that. We should chat about that. Yeah, I know should. Simon's keen on that. Yeah. yeah. How is Simon actually? Simon's good to work with. He's good. Yeah. I think he's snowed under with shitloads of work. Yeah. Um, he was sort of scraping hours here and there towards mm. the end of it. Um, but yeah, he's good and you know we built this world together mm. and he's I think he's pretty invested in it yeah. and so how did you guys meet that's a good question um, so how did we meet so we've got a programmer who works remotely um, lives in Birmingham used to live in Glasgow mm. when he was in Glasgow he worked with a guy called Simon Meek okay. on uh, a couple of projects uh, before we hired him. Mm. And I think once, so his name's Gordon. Once he started working with us, he was like, I think you'd get on with Simon. Once he got to know me a bit better. He's yeah. like, you know, you sort of think a similar way and I think you'd get on well. I was like, whatever. Um, too busy. Yeah. And then, and then we, we got into a bit of trouble with Peaky Blinders, the writing on Peaky Blinders, because we'd done a, we'd done tons of iterations, and Endemol wanted another iteration. Right. I was like, we need another writer. Um, so we met a develop uh, through Gordon, and you know the developer conference in Brighton. Uh, I, I do now. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're very lucky to have a games industry conference that takes place at the Hilton Metropole on Brighton Seafront every july that's a cool venue yeah yeah uh it's really handy so we met in the bar there and we just hit it off mm. i showed him all of the projects that we wanted to make including the project that we started future lab for he showed me his projects and we sort of fell in love with each other's stuff mm. so that was a given that we were going to do peaky blinders together that was him him hired nice from that sort of 30 seconds of just meeting him yeah uh but then we started talking about this other project we're doing and he had some great ideas and we thought, why don't I just go up to Glasgow and we can spend a weekend um, with a giant pad yeah. uh, and his pens. And he very effortlessly managed to extract all the things that I think is cool out of my head over a period of about eight hours. Yeah. And then smashed it all together and said, I think this is the direction that we should oh, go in. Nice. I was like, this is amazing. I, I feel like I've done this work, yeah. but, it's, but it's but it's you that's done it. Yeah, you know, it was all in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he team drew effort. the lines between it. Team effort. It was great, great team yeah. effort. Um, so when was that? Was that a long time ago? Or? That was good question. Because you seemed like you you've known each other. No, we haven't. Well, well, really. I would, I would like to say it was around November time. Oh, right, not that long ago. October maybe. That's not long ago at all. No. Okay. And 
so we were we were getting ready to pitch our new game at GDC mm. behind closed doors, and I was at we were working together to flesh out the worldview because mm. it's something we've not really done before. We've never really thought, let's build a world from scratch. Yeah, what are the things that excite us that we're inspired by? Let's build a world that reflects that. Yeah. Um, and then somewhere along the point, somewhere along the t the point of this, he said this would make a a pretty cool graphic novel mm. comic. Maybe we could use that as a vehicle to help flesh out mm. some of the character attributes and some of the story and the look and look and feel. Mm. So like, oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't read a comic in since I was maybe eight years old. Mm. I was completely out of the loop, and um, so I went to our local comic shop and. I asked lots of questions, where to start, you know, and I watched a few YouTube videos, how do you get into comics? Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so got in touch with Andy and then found you. And, mm. so, and I, I was really surprised by the process because Simon had put together maybe five paragraphs. Yeah, yeah. Something really, really loose. So really, is that all Amrit needs? Yeah. And then you came back with a storyboard. I was like shit. Yeah, that's I mean, all he needed. <laughs> I mean, to be fair to Simon, he, he, do you know what? He did a really good job of of, of pacing it all out. But also, the the references were of oh, yes. great utility. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't you know just a text script with you know abstract visual ideas to kind of get down onto paper. It was it was there was a good visual basis to kind yeah. of guide. So I, I mean, between you both and whatever conversations you had before I got involved, was really really useful i think it was a good good guide and it's always one of those things where you know you, you can write a sentence on paper and five people will look at it and there is five different versions of yeah. that in, in the five people's heads so yeah. it's it that there was back and forth between kind of some of the the, the, the more abstract ideas but I, I think it it worked really well uh you and simon were so involved and so able to kind of like put your your ideas across and to kind of enhance them that yeah it just worked really really well I mean, I think the one thing about comics, which I don't know if it's the same in games, it's it's slightly less iterative than than other forms of media, only because everything is drawn very, very precisely based on kind of one thing, and and it's almost I've been looking into this for a while and using kind of like three D environments to kind of create a more flexible process. So that is something that's in the works at the moment. Kind that is interesting. Yeah, hmm. just to be able to, you know. It's 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 less it's more flexible now doing it digitally than it used to be, um, <clears throat> but just to be able to just you know create the the rough storyboard with kind of like three D models, be able to really quickly change things yeah. before you commit to anything. I I would love to do a lot a lot more of that to be honest. Um, I really really would. But I mean, the, the things you can do to kind of to kind of streamline that is you know as you start a new project you can create kind of visual assets and backgrounds and, and, and things like that that will then, number one, create a cohesive visual product. And number two, the, the, the more you get through a project, the faster the pages tend to become. Um, so I did a project that's coming out in May uh, for the, the new Alex Ryder graphic novel, which I think is going to be a TV show at some point. It was a movie years ago. And it's going to be Anthony Horowitz done a lot of novels and and this was a project that, I, that that came my way through through my agent and um yeah what was happening was that the further through the project i ended up going the the faster it all became because because of these visual assets that you kind of create up front so right. you know if you're doing maybe one and a half pages a day you might start off spending 
you know, just doing a page a day to get those assets down. And then as you go through, you can kind of speed up. So it's, yeah, just little things like that. But um, but I would love to create a more a more fluid approach to, to kind of comics, just so not, everything's not locked out. It's, it's, I mean, it's effectively, it's, you know, it's creative assets for print. So it's, and it's, it's all drawn very manually. And mm. I, I'm still trying to think of the best way to kind of like get over that, that hump. Yeah. But it will, it will happen. Maybe dreams, dreams. Yeah, media molecules, dreams. Oh, maybe it's so yeah. quick. Is it to the art tool is so quick. Okay, I'm gonna have a look at this. You can uh, you can just sculpt with your hands. Oh, nice. It's like clay, but is it three? Is it three D? Has it got the? Yeah, three D. Okay, but you know, screen grab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be really quick. I'll have a look. Change the camera up, whatever. I'll for sure have a look. Mm. That sounds really, really good. I think people are using it to make short short films in it. Are they? Yeah. I mean, technology's come so far in the last, even the last five or six years, but you know, the last ten years really. In in, in you know, you can you can buy software for a few hundred pounds or dollars, and, and you've got you know high grade equipment to produce things that that you know that like the I, iPad. Like the iPad, yeah. like the iPad. Did you work on the iPad? No, but seeing you work on it makes me want one. They're great. They're really, really good. Um, I mean, I like, I do very much like, is it Wacom or Wacom products? I don't Wacom, yeah. Wacom. But I love them. I think the, the precision and the they've really got their 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 hardware down to it. It's, it's just just an absolute T. It's just so, so perfect. The, the, the problem with the Wacom is that it's, less mobile i know they've got their mobile studio pro and they had the companion i had a few issues with the reliability on the companion and battery kept dying so i switched to a surface pro and then the ipad came along um and it feels a bit like working on glass to be honest to start with it's like drawing on glass which is not the same as paper at all i suppose the wacom's got some fiber to the screen it, it has feels like yeah it has and it's actually it's just yeah, it's it's perfect, mm. um, and maybe it's maybe it's what you learn on first that's perfect to you. I've spoken to people that much prefer the iPad to to, to the Wacom, for right. example. Um, but ultimately, I think once you, I mean, mastered your trades are, are really, really broad. I mean, once you've you've done it for long enough, you realize that it's just about mark making. So you've just got to make the same mark across the devices and you'll mostly be fine. So now I pretty much draw on the iPad. Um, so I'm flying to uh, LA tomorrow. I'm just gonna be drawing pages on the plane. So it's- Yeah, tell me about your trip, um, if you can. I, um, it's a combination of things. Uh, it's um, it's like a, a bit of a getaway, a bit of work. And, and, and really, I, just, I think I've just always wanted to spend some time out there. For, for a while um, so I was out there a few weeks ago kind of a couple of meetings and yeah I'm just I'm looking forward to going is it a bit of a mecca for comics or um, I would say I, I think I think Seattle stroke Portland is okay. probably the if there was a mecca for comics it would probably be that place there's a lot of comics people there um, I know there's a few publishers that are based there as well uh, but you know M Marvel are based in New York DC are based in um, I think they're, they're based in LA and then there's publishes further up the coast and yeah i think the west coast is a good place for comics uh generally yeah it is what about games um where's the mecca for games i don't think there is one really because mm. it's it's global and um there are there are pockets of what we call them clusters mm. brighton's a cluster for games it is a cluster for games i've yeah. noticed that uh, guildford's a cluster for games it tends to be big studios, 
that have backing from big publishers or platform holders that yeah. for some reason go out of business oh, right. and small companies spring up as a result of all that talent being in the area. I see. So what people from those companies will then start their own. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that That's certainly sense. what happened in Brighton with BlackRock, the Disney studio. Right. Uh, lots of black pebbles sprung up from BlackRock. Really? That's really interesting. And how yeah. did that, how did that play out? Well, lots of companies got made, lots of games got made. Some of those companies got bought. Yeah. Um, I think we've got 30, 30 game studios in Brighton. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how, how does it work in games? Is, is it a similar approach with the pitching and the, and the ideas, like the early ideas that then kind of go on to be, how, how does that work? I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's the same as comics because there's a certain, um, there's a certain amount of overhead that you've got mm. running a studio yeah. and you need dedicated staff. Yeah. Um, so you've got a team you have to sustain. Mm. So the ideas you come up with have to match the team size that you've got. Mm. Mm. You know, with a comic, it's, I imagine it's, if you've got four people, you can make a story. Yeah. You can make a product. Deadline dependent, yeah. Yeah. And there's such a range of different budget mm. scales on a video game that, yeah, sure, you can have two or three people or just one person. Yeah. Can... You know, if someone can program and do art themselves and maybe do some music themselves, then they can pitch to a publisher mm. or they can self-publish on Android or iPhone. Oh, I see. Okay. And actually Xbox, Xbox, um, Xbox, Xbox, <laughs> <laughs> uh, digital storefront yeah. uh, and PSN uh, themselves. But generally it tends to be teams of three upwards. Mm. So for us, we're now at a stage where every idea we have we come up with has to support our whole team. Interesting. Okay. And the more you grow, the bigger the ideas have to get. That's interesting. Okay. And the bigger ideas have to get, the longer it takes hmm. to convince someone to pay you. Yeah. To do that. Yeah. So is it always the money follows the idea, or is it is it ever the you know the money's up comes first? Sometimes, yeah, you get approached by. Um, for example, Curve came to us. They knew that they wanted to do a Peaky Blinders game. They got the license and they put it out to tender for 10 different studios. They pitch, we won the pitch. Yeah. And so that's paid for on milestones. Right, okay. So uh, we schedule out the project, best guess. Mm. Um, and we, at major milestones, we deliver work and they pay us against that. Okay, and and the so the the schedule how how easy is that to stick to in in games? <laughs> it's notoriously difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the, I think the way we've managed to continue to make good quality product and um, generally being able to stay in business mm. is that we have very um, tightly conceived ideas. Mm. Uh, I won't say simple because Peaky Blinders is far from simple, yeah. but the concept is at least well-contained. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah. can understand what the concept is, yeah. early doors. And then we prioritize what's most important to deliver that concept. Yeah. What's the minimum that we need mm. so that the player can experience that idea. Like an MVP type thing. Exactly, yeah. MVP. Yeah. And then inevitably uh, things take longer yeah because you know everyone on the team can use best guess mm. 
on how long something's going to take, but it's a series of problems that have to be solved. Yeah. Video games is problem solving. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of iteration. And so what we do is we start cancelling stuff in the future. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we're always working on the most important thing. Yeah. And I don't think we've made a single game where we've actually uh, not had to cut something significant. Of course, yeah. It gets to the point of, you know, done, not perfect in a way when, yeah. when deadlines come down to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, are you able to uh, kind of do releases on those games to kind of add those bells and whistles that you wouldn't otherwise? Many studios do that. Um, we haven't done that. Um, mainly because we've been working with a platform holder or publisher that sees a standalone product that needs to be finished and fully formed by the time you know we, we publish it. That's fair. But I imagine if we had a super hit, mm. uh, like if Peaky Blinders did Gangbusters, mm. Curve would be saying, well, what else can you do? Yeah. You know, yeah, to add sure. bells and whistles. You could, uh, you could add a comic, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, DLC is the... It used to be a common thing. You do DLC, so extra levels or extra characters, and yeah. um, that you could either be paid for um, or just come free. But what's more common nowadays is to have a game that is just considered a live service. Right. So you you release the game with every intention of just continuing to build it based on player feedback. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Which is a huge undertaking. What's a good example of that in the games world? Say in the last couple of years, I don't know. Well. I mean, No Man's Sky. Okay, yeah. It's not necessarily a games as a service, but they've continued to improve it. Interesting. Um, I think they sold so many units, and so many people were disappointed mm. that they committed several years to achieving the vision that they initially mm. had. And it's been one of the best success stories of a of a product that's been turned around. That's incredible to hear. Yeah. Actually, that is. I mean, I was waiting for i mean i'm a huge final fantasy fan i uh, was waiting for final fantasy 15 for maybe a decade i think yeah. it was versus 13 then it was 15 and then it came out and i liked it but you know the feedback was was so so um and then they did the, the, the dlc thing and they kept improving it and they had this uh, this online version and, and they were going that path and it was you know it was it was getting better it was getting more cohesive i mean it was this experience where there was so much backstory and so much, you could you could feel the development the the, like the undercurrent of this this uh this kind of narrative that just just never quite came to the surface and right. and they did start to improve it and, and then they just pulled it i think they just they stopped and they pulled a bunch of the dlcs and it kind of kind of went away for final fantasy 7 remake so that was kind of not quite the same redemption story but yeah I, I do like dlc stuff i think it's it's cool to kind of like you know product extension wise from a business angle and for the kind of the consumer to to be able to explore more of that world i think it's a, a really there's nice... also something called early access oh which yeah probably heard of yeah i'm the sucker that pays for that usually <laughs> so the, i think one of the the best success stories recently is dead cells okay so they they released a couple of years ago maybe three years ago and it was almost a finished game. Mm -hmm. And then they just iterated and iterated and iterated based on community feedback. Mm. And now it's one of the best games I've ever played. Wow. It's so sticky. Wow. Uh, so they, yeah. did they do the, the feedback before they released the game? So they released it, released it into early access so you can buy it. I see, early access. Okay. Um, and is that to and a limited scope of, of, of is that a, a small? Generally it's limited scope, yeah. Mm. But I think they'd actually pretty much had a finished game. 
end to end, but they just continued improving the algorithm because it's procedurally generated. Mm. Um, and how does that affect timelines and things? Surely that affects timelines. There's no plan of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, from an outsider, I don't. I'd be surprised if you can plan that stuff. Mm. Um, how long it takes to get the feedback, and how long the feedback takes to implement, and then how good or bad the the result is. That's yeah. Yeah. That's there's lots of flexibility in that timeline. Um, and is that so? Who, who normally does that? Is that something that would would you look to do something like that? Or? Yes, it takes quite a lot of independence to mm. be able to do that. Mm. And traditionally, we've been funded by a publisher or a platform holder. Yeah. And because we've yet to have a hit, mm. we're beholden to that. Mm. So mm. we have to be careful about projects that we fund ourselves. I see. Um, we have to make sure that we've got bills paid and the lights keep the lights on yeah. from paid work yeah so uh we're in talks with so it, we've done peaky blinders it's coming to an end um the next project we're talking about is another licensed ip oh cool uh talk about that off air yeah yeah tell you about that yeah. later um which is very exciting um but that gives us some cover to be able to develop this game that we're mm. doing with you. Um, so I think for the first time ever, we're going to start releasing assets for a game we've not signed yet. That's cool. It's, it's frightening. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's, I've not wanted to do it because I don't know, there's something, something in my hind brain that mm. says, don't, don't show anything in the world unless it's definitely going to happen. Mm. I mean, there's the, the the build it and they'll come mentality, but these days that, that doesn't play out so well. It's it's almost like build it, show people, they'll come and then they'll buy it eventually. It seems to have adapted slightly. I, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I mean, I I think that's quite exciting. I I know what you mean. I, I guess from a, is it from kind of like a, a reputational brand perspective then that that's the concern? Yeah, and also just letting people down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because... You, you probably didn't see because we didn't know you then, but a couple of years ago, uh, we became very vocal about a game mm. called Velocity Supernova. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw some of the artwork. Did you? Yeah, right. I think you showed me. I think you showed okay. me. Okay. Yeah. So this is, a, this is a sequel to a very popular game that we made called Velocity 2X, mm. which we've pitched everywhere. Like anyone who's anyone worth pitching to, we've shown this game. Velocity 2X did 90 Metacritic, mm. um, got 2 million downloads. Wow. It's got a great fan base. We won some awards. It won Game of the Year award mm. on its target platform, Vita. That's cool. PlayStation Vita. Love the Vita. So, yes, yeah, yeah, great, good, great yeah. device. Yeah. Paved the way for Switch. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, and we built a big fan base with that game, mm. and we love it. And so, it felt like a, a reasonable bet that we could do a sequel. Mm. So we upped everything. Um, I don't know if you know, but Velocity 1 was a top-down shoot-em-up. Okay. Velocity 2X was the sequel, and we added platforming. Cool. And we massively upgraded the visuals. So that was a surprise for people, because we could have done a sequel that was just more of the same. Mm. It sounds like GTA 1 versus GTA 3 yeah. kind of yeah. thing, almost, in a way. Yeah. It's, it's ambitious. Yeah, it was definitely. An, it was an ambitious thing, adding a, a whole different genre so you could fly around in your ship, dock your ship and jump out on foot and it's instantaneous. That's There's no really loading cool. times. That's nice. And the gameplay was integrated so that 
everything you could do in your ship, you could pretty much do on foot as well. Mm. But it was brave and it was ballsy and it paid off. Mm. So for the for the third game, we went up, up a notch again. Yeah. Because we wanted to surprise people and keep people excited. Yeah, for sure. So when we were showing people, showing publishers, it was very much, you know, Velocity to Velocity 2X did this, it's got this many downloads, it, you know, critically acclaimed, it's got a fan base. Mm. This is what we're doing next. And the response was, it looks fantastic. Mm. Um, how did it sell? And the problem was that Velocity 2X got given away for free on PlayStation Plus mm. for a month. I see. So it was cannibalized. Sales were cannibalized because everyone had, everyone who had PlayStation 4, if they wanted to play online, they had to buy PlayStation Plus subscription, yeah, yeah, yeah. which meant they got the game for free. So then conversation just get, get just go cold because mm -hmm. people are not interested. I mean, even with the user base there, the, the people that played or completed, I mean, there's probably, I don't know if there's metrics or, or data on that. Like that, that, that sounds like a good well, it thing. Well, I think it was at least, it was at least 100,000 people. No, 970,000 people. Wow. Played until something like level thirty. How many levels were there? Fifty, which wow. is a pretty good sixty percent. Yeah, it's a pretty good drop off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but because you, you know, you pitch to what's called the gatekeeper. Well, it's not a very nice word, but we use the word gatekeeper a, at a big company. It's a fair word. Yeah, you get someone that goes to the conferences and they meet all the developers, mm. and they cast their net pretty wide and they get a load of pitches. They see tons of games. And they go back to their bosses and they present a case for why this game should be made. Yeah. And it never got past that because of the sales were so low. I see, I see. That's so, um, and I, we've yet to show that game. Mm. And lots of people have said, why don't you just do a Kickstarter? Mm, I'm like, yeah. we could, but that is the last resort. Mm. Because once you do a Kickstarter, if it fails, um, it's proof that nobody's interested. Yeah, I mean, Kickstarter is <laughs> an art form in itself. I, yeah, yeah, I'm, and it's timing. Yeah, yeah, mixed feelings about Kickstarter as, as it is, um, but yeah, Kickstarter's a, a yeah, it's a, an interesting dragon. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, so so where's it at now? Would would you? So I'm I'm tempted to just show it, because um, we're sort of over it now. Mm, yeah, and. Uh, it's quite impressive, but I'm not. I'm not going to lie. You don't sound like you're entirely over it. <laughs> <laughs> Professionally, we have to be over I, it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah. I do understand. Uh, My heart's yeah <laughs> sinking. Yeah, it's not quite there. No, yeah, no, I understand. Labor of love. So, showing this new game that we're working on now before we've got it signed feels like a risk. But mm. fuck it. I only live once yeah you know things like that they're, they're kind of like I'm, I'm going to use the word failure I don't mean personal mm. something that doesn't go get to the point that you want it only you remember that no True. one else actually cares yeah. and you know they're, they're really they um, is what I've noticed anyway I, only you remember those 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 wounds no, no one else is too bothered they're just waiting for the next kind of kind of cool thing that you, that you come up with is what I've found so do it yeah. do yeah. it yeah. Well, I think it's starting next week. Oh, yeah. so it's already in the works. It's already going to happen. Yeah. So, so um, can you reveal plans on how you're going to, what you're going to do there? Well, th so this is the interesting thing. 
what I think is interesting, that we're producing a comic to flesh out the ideas for a game. Mm. And I'd like to bring people along in that journey mm. to help us figure it out. Yeah. So, um, and we've got a small marketing department of two people who've spent the week, well, they spent about a month actually, looking at all the assets that we've de developed so far mm. and thinking what's the best way and where are the best channels to put these assets. Mm. And so they're, they're coming up with a plan. I haven't really seen it yet. All I know is that I have to just approve it. Nice. Um, I'd love, yeah. to, I'd love to have a look, see what they've come up with. I don't know if there's anything I can do to help in that respect, but if there is, do, do well, genuinely let me know. We're certainly going to start with a comic. Awesome. Um, because that's where it, that's where it started. Yeah. Um, yeah. So back to, because I'm genuinely interested in, in seeing if we can find a publisher that would be interested in taking the comic and, and developing it as a standalone piece of entertainment mm. because well that'd be cool yeah it'd be very cool but also that might be a path to having some sort of animated mm. version of it i mean it's very animatable it would look really great with some motion it really really would i mean have you have you gone down that road with any um, of your stuff let me think i've produced assets for animations and things in a similar in a simpler style slightly simpler style very layered psds and it was pre yeah. almost like premeditated this is an animation so it needs to be delivered in this way um i've not done an actual motion comic start to finish i'm surprised that people don't do more and i i, I know people have, have tried this i know large publishers publishers have tried this and there was I've forgotten what they're called now but there was this whole scrolling motion comic thing years ago that that should have been awesome and i just never quite picked up and i don't i don't know why i think it was during the transition of kind of print comics to digital comics now i mean i don't know who's going to hate me and love me for this but <laughs> I, I love the digital consumption aspect of everything I, I find it just a much more um what's the word um it's just an easy convenient. yeah convenient experience it's it's uh you know i've you know got thousand comics on my ipad and you know try carrying a thousand comics around mm. around london it's not going to happen and yep. i just find that just great in the back catalog and there's so no what, what reader do you use uh i use comiXology okay yeah same mostly yeah which is which is a really cool it's, it's cool yeah it is cool yeah and, and but i know uh, amazon um i think it's audible right i think i think to Amazon and Comixology? Something yes, they do. They do, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Audible, you, have to, you, you buy it on Amazon and then I, I, there's, I mean, the graphic novels I've worked on haven't been distributed through Comixology. It's almost like they're two separate markets. You've kind of got the book market and then the, kind of the comic distribution market, which is mostly stateside. Um, so the the book market kind of goes to, to Amazon and it's kind of audible uh, and then the the, uh, the comics markets comicsology so it's um okay. yeah it's an interesting one but i, I love the digital consumption I, i'm not sure that digital sales are necessarily released or or, or, or quantified in kind of general comic sales i'm not 100 percent sure on that i'm you know I, I wouldn't unless you kind of like you are the publisher i don't think you ever really know um but yeah i, I would i would i would pioneer digital consumption for, for for comics and you know to add animation and things like that's really really cool i mean there's webtoon webtoon or webtoons they are i think they might have 
one of the biggest audiences online for not heard of that for comics. Yeah, they, I mean, they've got kind of got two sides to it. So they they do approach creators and they kind of pay advances and things like that for digital publication. It's what's very different about it is it's not kind of left to right page turn. It's scrolling, so it's it's scrolling panel by panel by panel. And it, it, I think it's I. I've, the impression I get as it started off as a lot of web comics and it built traction in that way. And the, the audience is actually huge on Webtoon. Like I, I would I would recommend it for, for mm. anyone, not even just starting comics, but someone that wanted to maybe build an audience for a Kickstarter or build an audience for a, a, a graphic novel. I mean, I would say give some or all of the material away for free collect the graphic novel at the end and then right. that, that's that's kind of that's how i would see that working and that's just theory for me for now but i, I know there are creators out there that do things webtoon. like that webtoon yeah mm. check it out they've got huge huge uh kind of like um huge traffic huge so traffic a scrollable website. comic is that done with html5 like animation just happens as you scroll like like an see, apple I, website I, I don't think there's any like a parallax website i, I don't think there's any movement Right. I don't know if they can be or can't be, but the ones I've seen, it's it's static. Okay. You, you scroll and it's almost like a panel by panel experience, and there's uh, it's kind right. of spaced out nicer. I think off the top of my head, an average episode or issue is kind of maybe maybe forty, forty or so panels. But I mean, if if you were to consider that when you're drawing a comic, if you were to consider the the, the paneling to work vertically as well or if you were to consider the easy separation of those panels and it's fairly easy to separate anyway it just takes a bit more time like a bit of time to like chop things and move things around like the lettering um it's it's not too hard to put onto, onto webtoons anything right. onto webtoon actually it's um yeah so far i so far i seem it seems all right i saw uh have you heard of ruiner the video game no it's this super hardcore cyberpunk oh, cool. top-down shooter oh nice it's and it, with a really slick art style. Yeah. And uh, I just stumbled across their website because um, I was just seeing how they did a certain thing. And uh, they have a scrollable comic, which is one giant scene of a like a skyscraper. Yeah. You start to the top with scene setting, showing that it's cyberpunk and it's in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as you scroll down, stuff moves in and flies out. That's cool. And it's awesome. Yeah. It feels like a a story version of like an Apple product page mm. where, you know, see all the specs come in and. I mean, that's really, really cool. I have, I've yet to see a, a good example of that. I know there's been a, a few startups that have tried to create something like that. It's like almost like a comiXology plus type thing, comiXology yeah. with animation with. It's exciting. It is really exciting, but it is yet to, unless I'm just completely not in the know and someone can correct me I, I have yet to see one that's actually kind of picked up right. the same traction as a, as a printed comic or as mm. comicsology for example i think there is a super simplicity to comicsology because it it digitizes the traditional method of consumption it's not different it, yeah. it you know and it zooms in panel by panel as you would read it, it turns the page and it's a it, bit pixelated though isn't it it can be sometimes it can be, i don't know if that's to do with retina display as as hardware's improved i don't know if the the digital image has improved i'm, I'm not sure on that but yeah it, it can be sometimes yeah it shouldn't be though i, I think a lot of the um top tier publishers kind of the marvels the dcs the the images oh they sorted out i think right. so yeah from yeah. what i've seen right but i haven't noticed too much on that um i've been reading lazarus oh yeah uh, sci-fi 
shooty fighty thing. Is it pixelated? Pixelated. Yeah. It's a shame because a really nice art style. Yeah. Really yeah, yeah. Sort of. Um, uh, ruins the experience. Really, the entire experience. Uh, pixelation on it artwork. It does a bit. Yeah. 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 So, can you go to a comic shop and see books that you've illustrated? Um. I would say not so much recently because it's more book market, graphic novels for book publishers that I've done. So Alex Ryder, for example, is through Walker Books. I know so it'd be Waterstones, it'd be Derek Smiths, it'd be... Um, but you can go in there and see Barnes your work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sick. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Like, when I think when the when username EV came out in 2015 and the, the sequel books had people kind of going oh my god your your kind of artworks on the on the shelf that's so cool kind of it was really cool it I mean it it's it was cool and it was nice but uh, you quickly move past it and then you realize actually I've got deadlines to kind of get on with here and I've actually yeah. got to keep producing good work and I've got to be getting getting better so it becomes less about the and you know now you're a professional. I think so. Yeah. A manic professional. To, yeah. to, no, but I know I take a moment to stop and, and go, yeah, that's awesome. But it's, it's, it's a fleeting feeling. I don't know if it's, is it similar when a game comes out and there's reception. Like it's a, it's a really, it's so nice to feel that. And it's so nice that people enjoy it. It's so nice that you're inspiring people. But if you focus on that too much, it becomes too much about ego yeah. and, and it doesn't become about getting better. Yeah. So I try and just go, okay, so people liked that. So this visually is good. So what can I take into the next thing? Yeah. And what, what do I just hate about this that I can improve for the next thing? And that's kind of... It's just a learning curve, isn't it? Yeah, definitely is, yeah. So in terms of like, how are you getting paid for your mm. work? How? You, yeah, so yeah. I imagine you get a fee up front. Yeah. And then do you get royalties per unit uh, sold or...? It depends on the project. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's so there's there's different agreements with different kind of royalties and things like that, but... That's that's so normally, I mean, most ideally you'd get kind of an advance and a royalty. So you it would be have an advance fee which earns out uh, once the sales comes in, and then once after that's earned out, the uh, the royalty kicks in after that. So you're not you know getting paid all over the place, but yep. you're getting paid reasonably, and that is nice for um, so in kind of the I'd say the image comics kind of scope for for, for creator owned books. Um, as as I understand it, the publisher takes a, a flat fee uh, off the cover price, and then the rest kind of goes to the creator. Uh, it's, it's a similar thing with the Action Lab thing that I'm doing. Um, with the book publishers, they tend to offer advances up front, and they're they're really looking to, you know, to to, to buy out the the copyright right. in effect, really, uh, which is normally when kind of the royalty comes in after after the sales and things. So yeah, that is that is usually the way it works. And I've got a technical question. Okay, about the royalty. Yeah. So. Let's say... 50%. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no. Let's say you've got... I don't, and I know nothing about this. Mm. So this is just finger in the air. Mm. Let's say you, your royalty is 10%, mm. right? Does the does your advance earn out of 10% or does the royalty earn out... Mm. Sorry, does the advance earn out on 100%? As I understand it, it earns out on the, the fee received. So if you receive, you know nominal figure of of a hundred pounds it's not a hundred pounds i'm gonna use and use a hundred pounds sure. once the sales hits that figure and the publishers earn back the advance they've paid then the 10 percent kicks in i think on the cover price okay i think that's how it works does that answer the question yeah i think, I think so so video games used to work mm. a few years ago 
um, let's say yeah, it's a hundred pounds, mm. and you, and the and the developer has ten percent, which yeah. is wildly high. Yeah, it's not usually like same, that. just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I didn't realize because we joined the industry after this, but yeah. what used to happen was, um, let's say the developers do ten percent, mm. the publisher would be taking ninety percent, mm. and they continue taking ninety percent until your 10% is added up to what the advance was. Oh, right. It's a bit cheeky, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> that's how it used to work. So how long, so that's- it Took forever. Yeah, I was gonna say. You never get yeah, anything. that's, wow, 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 okay. I don't think, I'll, I'll read the contract again, actually. But I, I don't I don't think that's how, it, I do yeah. have a look actually now that you've- It's changed it, now. But has it changed, changed for the better? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. So does it work in a similar way to kind of as described yeah what normally happens is uh, the deals we've signed with publishers have been a hundred percent recoup hmm. so the publisher makes back a hundred percent of what they spent and then you start sharing in the royalty a hundred percent on top no no oh, just... um, whatever they spent they need to earn back a hundred percent of that break even yeah okay. break even okay yeah. okay and then they start sharing with you okay that's nice uh, that's which nice i think that honestly i think that's fair when they're taking hell of a lot of risk they're taking the risk yeah they're, they're, yeah they're, actually it's actually incredibly fair actually come to think of it they are not even really getting to the point of profit before sharing which is nice that is that's very reasonable and then you know but, but, but for you guys i mean it's not an incentive i guess you're going to produce a good game obviously you're going to have you, you have you actually have a, a real vested interest in that in that as well in, in a way kind of thing it kind yeah, of works if you've got a royalty at the back end yeah absolutely yeah, yeah it's just not just you know it's deliver- a carrot yeah exactly it is a carrot and it's a good carrot it's yeah. a healthy carrot carrots are good for you <laughs> so you you're working on a book which is 120 pages 100 pages yeah 100 we'll go with 100 yeah i'm just that's that's what i'm telling myself because it sounds more but no but you know i mean in 2017 we actually did two graphic novels side by side both 180 pages both for kind of you know high profile youtubers so it was it was joe sug again and then the i don't know what, what happens there youtube what 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 interest has a youtuber got in a comic How does um that work? i mean I think it was. I think for Joe, I think it was genuine interest in. I, I think, as I remember it, um, he wanted to do a comic. Okay, he wanted to do a comic uh, instead of it being a book. He wanted to do a graphic novel. You know, I think he liked uh, kind of Watchmen and, and, and things like that, and he just wanted to do a comic. Cool. And which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, got every right. Yeah. Yeah. Really. <laughs> really. Yeah. And it was kind of like a. I keep. I Send an accusatory question, but not really. Yeah, no, it was, it was, and I think everyone, I think there was a lot of YouTube books coming out. And I think what made this different was the fact it was a graphic novel. The audience was quite young or, or, or going up to kind of YA. Uh, comics were, or, or at least the superhero films. Sorry, what's YA? Oh, kind of young adult type. Okay. Young adult. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. Um, and, you know, a lot of the superhero films were coming out and, and raising the profile of, of comic characters and and although they're movies and they're completely different to kind of or somewhat different to the to the comic versions of those characters um yeah it was just all became a very big pop culture thing and 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 i I don't know if that was the reason for the choice uh, but i i did genuinely sense passion from him Mm. on on doing the graphic novel and doing the comics um and it became a i'd say alice in wonderland for a digital age which is quite a concise way to put it 
it's kind of it took me years to to kind of get there with that to right. kind of explain what it was about but um do that, you find that when you, it's when you show someone mm. they tell you what what it is um yeah to a degree but i mean it's kind of like i'm a visual guy i, I do the doodles so I, I draw stuff and so someone goes what's it about i'll go no yeah, idea right. um but i do obviously but i've experienced it in a really different way yeah like i've seen it from the ground up i've developed the visuals i've kind of told the story so i'm kind of like coming at it from a very technical analytical point of view same yeah do you know well, what i mean yeah when we're making a game we're all the way through we're thinking where's the hook yeah or the, or the, what's the tagline for this game yeah and we go through all sorts of shit ideas and then we show some press yeah and straight away they go oh it's this and this and this and you go i'm having that yeah, thanks. And that, becomes your, and that becomes your tagline. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's, uh, I mean, the writer usually really is driving that, uh, in terms right. of, in terms of what it's about and where it's going. And then it's kind of down to someone like myself to, to pace it out visually and to keep, you know, the visuals consistent and to tell that story in kind of a, um, not dramatic manner, but in an appropriate manner, I guess it might not always be dramatic. I mean, probably sure. should be at points, but, um, yeah, so I, I I go into it. I see the script as, I'll be really honest, I tend not to read scripts up front because I don't find it of any use whatsoever. The, the script is a list of instructions for me to follow and and, and, and visualize on a page. I'll read a synopsis. I'll, I'll read. Oh, I, I, I want to. This isn't this isn't exclusive to all artists. This is literally just me. That's I'm lazy. Yeah. Not lazy. <laughs> no, it is, it is. But I want to digest the whole story in a page or two. I want to know where this is going, or even a, a scene by scene breakdown. So if there's a scene that's ten pages, I want to read three hundred words on what happens in this scene. Um, I want to get to know the characters through that. And then the script is really just a set of directions to, right. to me. It's not even... So the way that Simon did it for you is ideal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He wrote a comic script. He wrote a, yeah. a really, really well broken down script. That was... It was I'm such a noob. It's okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> but no, but it, I mean, it's, it's different projects. I mean, I think the more... Um, he knew what he was doing. Clearly. Yeah, he did. Like, yeah, he yeah. really did. Um, but I think, you know, I've worked with writers who have just done a page breakdown. Um, I've helped writers break down paragraphs into pages and panels and really I, it's, it's an interesting one a lot of comics writers will own the panel breakdown and the page breakdown and i think it's i think it's awesome because it starts with them and that because it's also there's a pacing aspect to it as well right and it is important for the writer to be of but there is an element of me that thinks why isn't the artist doing the breakdowns and why isn't the writer focusing on the the broad storytelling per page and why isn't the artist deciding there's right this will work in nine panels yeah. and there is an element of that yeah. right so every writer i've worked with there isn't one writer that i've worked with that hasn't gone totally open to ideas here whatever you think works let's kind of have a look so you know we did the kind of the the, the blue line kind of rough breakdowns yeah and there was a back and forth like i, I think i added a panel on one of the pages for example um i, I think Yes, that's right. Yeah, and uh, and it threw off the lettering. Yes, but it was it was um, it was something that I thought worked well for the the grid and the structure. And you guys, I, th I think you liked it. Well, we're here, so it was all good. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. But I, a... I love your work. Oh, thank you so. And much. everyone, I think a few people were a bit sad that they had to leave before you got here. Oh, I really? Would have liked to said. I've said been hanging there. around Brighton Station since about four o'clock. <laughs> I, I could have come by. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Uh, that was super early yeah. so uh yeah next time i'll definitely well i'm landing in gatwick in a few weeks so i'll uh i'll see if you guys are around if i'm not too 
much of a zombie. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try it some way. I think we need to figure it out. We need to figure out a way to work together again. For sure. I think we really do. I think it'd be really cool. I mean, the in-game comic for the for the Man of Medan game was awesome to mm. work on. That kind of stuff is so, so cool because it was almost kind of like it could it could be a it could be a printed graphic novel it was a it was an in-game graphic novel and they used kind of a comicsology style kind of guiding guiding down the page and i think they added sound effects and voiceovers as well i think voiceovers and it was a cool experience because it was kind of artwork plus all of these other like media elements that wouldn't normally be within a comic and that as a pool of kind of i don't know that those all those different elements working together i mean i played the game i unlocked the secrets i couldn't unlock all the secrets so i had to youtube the actual end product because i couldn't unlock them all uh but stuff like that is mm. is is i mean i i do that again with... have you ever done a sort of creative cabin hideaway sort of deal with a writer creative cabin hideaway well, you just, it sounds like, like a horror movie <laughs> it could be a horror movie it's also sort of a romantic idea that you just rent somewhere yeah in the sticks yeah like in scotland tippy toppy scotland you're gonna send me to see Simon in Scotland. Well, we've been we've been chatting about it. <laughs> I've not. I think I, Simon did it actually. I think he took oh, a he? week or two, or maybe a week, to write to finish a piece of work he was working on it, and it oh, worked wow. out. And um, have I done that? I've probably done that in like a to a lesser degree, like in like in a few hours sit down meeting session, sketchy type thing. Like right. we, we did a, a, a Skype with Simon um, in, in London and, and I was doing a few kind of sketches, a, a slightly more elaborate than that. Um, but I'd, I'd do that. Yeah, definitely like do a, that. Like a from scratch brainstorm yeah. a world. Will there be beer? There'd be loads of beer. Okay. Probably nuts and- Sure, we get pizza. <laughs> I'm sure we can arrange something. No, that would be cool to do, actually. I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah. I really, really would. Um, but I mean, in terms of how you see comics and games kind of like working together, what, what do you think about that? Well, I can't say too much about Peaky Blinders. Okay. But we're exploring things. Okay. Um, certainly in Velocity 2X, we had comic stills mm-hmm. uh, as told as cutscenes, uh, which you can, these are our, I love the art style. Still cut scenes yeah, I love the on the wall. Um, I mean, it, it the amount of budget you've got to play with determines how mm. how much sugar you can pour on stuff. Mm. But the, go on. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I, I, I think the good thing about comics is that I think they're more cost efficient to produce than almost any other form of media. And, and I think, well, I mean, 20 years ago, anything was possible in a comic maybe not in film yes today it's different so pretty much everything is achievable but it's still hella expensive yeah hella expensive maybe even maybe less expensive but a comic i guarantee you is even less expensive um so you know you can produce a hundred page comic for i'm just trying to do some some maths in my head whilst talking you know for for a fraction of the cost. Of, Go on, give us a, give, um, us a, give us a number. A hundred page comic might cost, uh, say a 120 page comic might cost 20 or 30 grand, for example. Right. Maybe, I mean, as a, yeah. as a ballpark. Um, so put two zeros on that. Yeah, really? And for, for a game. Wow, okay. Yeah. There you go. So, I mean, doing a new IP or a new idea in a comic form to kind of pitch, whether it's TV, film or games, it seems to 
be working for people at the moment. I heard a story actually. Uh, have you seen the film Oblivion? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think as an aside? I love it. I love that film yeah. so much. But and the soundtrack is phenomenal. I know. And the ending. Anyway, yeah, I could go on about that film for a while. It, it, mixed reviews, but I love that film. They're all wrong. They're all wrong, aren't they? They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, but but apparently that film was a comic that never got made. Oh wow! I heard, this, I heard a story somewhere. Um, and someone again can maybe correct me or just tell me I'm completely wrong, but it was, they made the comic to pitch the movie and it was this new comic, blah, blah, blah. They did the big launch, big release, and then it just went straight to film and never got released. So it's wow. kind of, it's super interesting, right? The next film he did, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh yeah. Was a graphic novel. Was it? Called, I'm going to get it wrong now. Yeah. I should know this. All you need is kill. Oh, right. right. I, I, I actually didn't know this. I should. I didn't. Because that game's fucking, that film is fucking great. Yeah. It was called something different in the state. Was it called something different in uh, different territories? I think I watched it. I think it was it. called All, is, All You Need Is Kill, Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Or something like that. That was a good film. Was that, that was the Groundhog Day Alien thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a good film. Uh, I yeah. think there's a sequel coming. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. With the original cast. I'd, I'd probably watch anything with Tom Cruise and I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't understand the hate. Really, I don't get it. I just don't get yes, it. Yes, he he can act strange sometimes, but yeah. don't don't judge the man, judge his work. Not in the movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's clearly like he he's an adrenaline junkie. Like I don't know if you've heard about the, the Mission Impossible stuff yeah. and the that was Helic just... flying a helicopter upside down or some shit. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. And climbing to the top of uh... Mission Impossible Two. Is that? Yeah. Is that, wow. is that... Something he, Khalifa. What's the what's the, the building Burj called? Khalifa, yeah. yeah, he did. Oh, he did the he did the Mission Impossible two one, then the Burj Khalifa one. Which yeah. it actually added more drama to the scene, actually, which is kind of cool. Like you assume it's done in a certain way, or it's a stuntman. The fact that it's not kind of adds an extra layer of tension yeah. to that. But and he took and, and that's part of the marketing campaign is he shows you mm. what he's been doing and what he's been getting up to. Yeah, I and mean, I draw that. I know he was. What was the last one? He was holding on the on to the side of a. Um, plane. A military plane. Yeah, yeah, he that was. was nuts. Yeah. Oh my god, he's good I, though. I, he's I, great. I love him. I mean, I gotta say, I've I, got no shame in loving Tom. No, Prince. I don't either. And, and Mission Impossible One, I think, is underrated. It, I think it's one of the best in the series. I don't know if you you remember the first one. Yeah, sure. What do you think? Not as good as three. Three was the Philip Seymour Hoffman one, yeah. right? That that three opening was scene was insane. King. That yeah. opening scene was that was a movie in itself. It was yeah. some of the best acting ever. And that was a really good film, actually. Philip Seymour Hoffman was so terrifying in that film. Yeah, yeah, right. And then he was so he's been you see him as a much softer character in other films. He, he was a really good actor. He was a really yeah. good actor, actually. Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Tom Cruise. Did you see him on Top Top Gear? He won, did he? Did yeah, he, he just the... came in and just pissed over everybody's scores. I can just, just imagine his agents walking and going, Tom Cruise has to win. Like, whatever you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but no, I mean, it, it feeds into his image. But also, I, I'm not half surprised. He probably practiced for a year before turning up to Top Gear or something. But It's just no. the way he bounced over that last... Yeah, uh, yeah. Last, last bend. It was Mission Impossible, uh, yeah. kind of like VFX crew into... <laughs> no, but he's, yeah, he's really, really Undeniable. Good. Yeah. Um, games and films, they don't work so well together as I've understood it. Well, things are starting to change there. Okay. So John Wick, Hex. Mm, John Wick, wow. Yeah. So John Wick, wow. John Wick, Hex, also wow. Yeah. Uh, made by a, a small team mm. um, headed by Mike Bithell. 
Tesla, who's a very well-known indie developer. Mm. Um, and he's managed to do something, he and his team have managed to pull off a bit of a coup mm. in the fact that they've taken this giant IP and they've done quite a niche, um, stylish, uh, stylistically brave, mm. uh, but um, again with high integrity, they've been inspired by the source material yeah. and done a game that actually suits the spirit of John Wick mm. but not but not what people would have expected yeah. so like it's a real time strategy game interesting not a brawler or a shoot 'em up like a, do you remember the or you know an FPS yeah like the Matrix game like that interim game which it, was NAF it kind of was. I yeah. was kind of. I was getting kicks off it for a while, but I wasn't Neo, so I wasn't happy. Uh, but it was. Um, it was very like the Matrix, and it was very you know high spec. And is this? So how how how, how does this work? Nothing like, nothing like it. It's a. You're at an elevated position. The camera's looking down on the scene, mm. and you plan your moves. Yeah. And then the moves execute. Oh, and cool. the moves execute. Uh, in cutscenes. Which is pretty sexy. I like that a lot. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a little bit RPG, a little bit. Um... The, the idea is that you're, yeah. The idea is you're playing as John Wick's mind, mm. figuring out what he's going to do. You're not just running into a bunch of baddies and mashing the button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's integrity to this. Yeah, and it was it was executed at a small scale, mm. but really well, mm. and people are waking up to that. Yeah, Hollywood's waking up to it because so suddenly now they don't have to spend. Mm. Or a publisher doesn't have to spend tens of millions mm. to make a game that's going to suck. Yeah, Because yeah, it's yeah. rushed out in time to meet the film. Yeah, for sure. No, totally agree. So, I mean, I like that angle, almost the strategy angle, and it's less kind of button bashing and it's more... And and actually, I haven't played the game, but there's this there's scope there. Like, you know, there might not be just one way to do that move execution. Indeed, yeah. But, but if, if you miscalculate, have you... Have you I don't know. Gone well, again. it's on the Epic Game Store, so I've not actually played it, mm -hmm. but I've watched the hell out of all the promotional materials yeah. and trailers and stuff. So I don't know. I've I'm not intrigued by it. the art style more than anything. Of course I am. I'm just going to write this down. What's it called? Hex. John Wick Hex, yeah. Okay. Look at that. It's cool. Yeah. Fine. So, yeah, games and films are on an, on an interesting path. Because mm. it's interesting because it, it started off as films, uh, games to films. Um, you know, I haven't enjoyed, I can't, I haven't enjoyed necessarily to the degree that I wanted to. Street Fighter. Do you not enjoy that? Van Damme? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. Mortal Kombat was bad. I'm a huge Van Damme fan, so I thought. It's okay. I let it pass, yeah, we, but it sucked. I mean, Tom Cruise, but you know, no, no Van Damme is cool. Van Damme is very cool. He's very cool. I like him in the beer ad. Um, but, um, but, but no, there was there was Doom and there was Assassin's Creed and, you know. Mario. Mario. Dreadful. I actually, I was like seven when that came out and I loved it. I, I did. It, looking back, it was it was dreadful. Um, but no, none of them. I mean, two, the first Tomb Raider, the um, the Angelina Jolie, Jolie one, I, that again was averagely reviewed, but I kind of liked it. She she does look the part. There's sure. no two ways about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, they haven't any. None of them have really. I mean, Assassin's Creed, I, I didn't see. It was you know, it looked like everything had been thrown at that film, and I, it, it, the reception wasn't great. And I'm talking very objectively here because 
you know everyone likes different stuff and it could have been awesome to someone but yeah. um like i'm not a fan of uh talking about someone else's creation in a negative light because you know it's kind of not, anyway um yeah i mean they haven't received the acclaim that i thought they would off the back of the games because the games are so high profile but this is interesting because this is film to game it's the opposite yeah. almost in a way and is that yeah. going to happen more do you think yes okay yeah okay well, now that now that people have seen what's happened with John Wick, definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose Peaky and Blinders. We're, we're doing Peaky Blinders. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the same dynamic, right? Yeah. TV to TV to game. So when's the EastEnders game going to come out? Is the question. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not interested. Would in you? That. <laughs> I'll do a comic uh, of uh, of EastEnders. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog did well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen. Admittedly, I haven't seen it just yet, but it looked. I'm keen to see it, to be honest. I'm very keen to see it. I mean, yeah. Jim Carrey looks like he was very well cast, and, yeah. and Sonic looks looked good in the end. So there was there was that. It made me laugh. The trailer made me laugh. Yeah, and uh, that's rare for a comedy. Yeah, they they added a whole. I mean, I Sonic was the first game I ever played uh, on the Mega Drive, the first Sonic, and. And I watched the cartoon when I was a kid, and they did a really good job of capturing the character of Sonic. The film looks like it's gone to the next level and added another dimension to Sonic, and I, I really like it. I, I mean, I don't know if he ever has his chili dogs in this or not, but there's there's a few different things that I, I'm kind of going to be looking out for. Um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to seeing that for sure. I want to see him do the, you know, in Sonic Two, you pull down and rev him up. Yeah, right. I want to see that, and that sound you could just. Yes. How high pitch can I get that sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, as a kid, you're like, this is infinite. This key can go as fast as he wants. But, you know, it's anyway, game mechanics. But but no, I, I look forward to watching Sonic for sure. Um, and, you know, likewise in, in comics, I think comics to movies, comics to TV are a big, a big thing. I think it's less the other way around. There's a lot. I mean, yeah. Is it Image? Is it Image doing a lot of... Netflix stuff yeah I mean IDW is doing I, Lock and Key yeah. with IDW came out recently and I think I think that was in the works for a while I don't I don't know but there's I'm, another one as well uh, that came out before Lock and Key I should know I should know this it's ring I, I've forgotten the name of I it I do know this mm. I'll come back to you on this yeah because this conversation is making me look bad right now no, that's alright <laughs> I'm kidding I'm um, just winging it yeah was it a Netflix show it was Netflix though yeah. right yeah, yeah. it's yeah. almost a week before Lock and Key yeah it was really recent I remember um, it was the the murdering zombie the parents that the parents that are monster killers I'll go and find it I'm gonna, actually The Walking Dead was a really good example yeah yeah actually, Walking yeah. Dead was a really good example um, and I think there's some more stuff coming out I think there's some more stuff coming out, so it's going to be cool to watch. So do you have a, um, I imagine you've achieved your first goal, which was to be able to walk into a shop and see your work on the, on the shelf. Yeah, that's a, that's a big do, one. What's the next big goal if you've got one? Um, that is a really good question. I mean, that was always the, the, the dream and I, and I saw it as kind of like a, I mean, there's an element of, of luck in anything. And I think with the username EV project, I got really lucky really early um, in terms of exposure, in terms of sales, in terms of, uh, you know, book on shelf and things like that. It's, it's, a, it's a usually slightly longer of, of, of a curve. So I got I got lucky in that respect. And But, but going forward, I hadn't planned further than that. Um, and it kind of happened really quickly. I think I think the key for me is to, to focus less on um, I mean, starting off, it was about 
it's about earning money from 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 something that you loved and, yeah. and 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 then seeing that on the shelf and then inspiring other people to maybe produce things like that or just just inspire other people generally and now it's more become about stories and things that i that i want to do okay so whereas um you know it's still the case that a lot of the work is kind of work for hire or, or work based on someone else's script but i mean a lot of the the brand works so say the adobe work for example or the the adidas work it's not necessarily comic it's illustrative mm. but they basically come to me and they're just totally open to ideas so they can give me a really you know i mean for the adidas stuff it was to do with the adidas predator um and it was this whole unfair campaign so they sent me the brief they sent me kind of a little bit about what they were doing in the broader scheme of things. And then it was up to me to come up with the baseline concept to, to kind of pitch the idea and to come up. And, and I like building that from scratch. So I think things that I I feel passionate about producing, and it's not that I don't feel passionate about um, any of the other work that I've done, actually, but something genuinely means something to me. And yeah. I, I normally make any project, I normally make it mean something to me, but you know when something actually means something to you, it's, yeah. it's a different thing. So something yeah. that I love, I really love, something that's kind of mine that's kind of probably my next step do you have any do you have any of your own stories that you want to get out there um yeah i mean i've had a story in me for for years and i just always focused on the visual side of it to kind of i mean f for every i don't know for every i way that I could write it, I can think of 50 people that are better at writing than me. So I would probably collaborate with someone to a degree. But you've got a concept. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 2019 was a trying year. Um, so I will definitely be feeding some of that into into this and it kind of builds mm. upon it. Um, so yeah, it, it will happen eventually. It really, really will. It's the, it, it's, I mean, I, th I think a lot of comic writers do this and they'll come up with a, a baseline premise, uh, a dynamic uh, and a framing and, and and really the, you know, whether it's dressed up as a, as a Western or as a vampire story or as a post-apocalyptic futuristic kind of thing, like the baseline story is still the same. So I'm really focusing on nailing the, 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 the like the, the A to B to C and, you know, character uh, for now, um, it's going to be a slow process for me because I want to get it, I want to get it right. Um, and I want to try and avoid the done not perfect thing. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go for the perfection, which will never happen. <laughs> but you know, it will it will be the best best I can I can, I can make it. Um, probably five five years or so. But yeah, I, I will definitely work on that. How about you? I've got a dream game. Dream game. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about the dream game? Probably not. Okay. It's, it's too big. Mm. It's too. Uh, it's high concept, high brow. Um, very arty mm. and but I've written probably a third of a novel okay to try and get some of the ideas out mm. and since I've met you and Simon I'm thinking maybe we should try a graphic novel first that'd be cool that'd be really and that's cool. why I'm thinking Cabin in the Woods yeah like yeah yeah Scot you know tippy top Scotland with the beer with the beers and the, and the pizzas, <laughs> yeah. To to because I know that Simon's got the conceptual muscle. He does to extract it mm. from from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we need to do like a funded trip. So I mean, what would what would I mean? Is this what's the? I'm curious about the dream. Is the dream that the the idea? Is it an experience you fed into this? Is it is it a, the end product? Is it the result? Is it well, what's the dream? So that, I mean, the dream is a triptych. 
You familiar with that word? No. Okay. I should be. So it's a traditionally it's a piece of art that happens over three hmm. canvases. Okay. Um, a trilogy is a three films. A triptych is three pieces of art. Okay. But they're related. So I want to do a triptych, which is um, a video game, a movie, and then an experience. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and this is something that I came up at the came up with at university, hmm. and I poured enormous amounts of time into it, and I've dragged friends yeah. that I thought could help me into it over the years, yeah, yeah. and started Future Lab to make it. It's the it's the game that we pitched to Sony in two thousand and seven. Mm. Uh, we did our role playing pitch, dressed up in posh suits. First time we'd ever worn suits. Yeah, dressed up in suits. All of our um, pitch materials were branded to a fictional company in this world. Oh, cool! And we travelled up from from Brighton to Liverpool to see them in Liverpool. But our opening gambit was. Uh, Thank you for traveling all this way to see us in person. Your CV was by far, by far the most impressive. Yeah. So we flipped the flipped the script on nice. them, uh, and they were really impressed by that. And but they they didn't sign it. Mm. And I've been because it's it's hugely ambitious, and every step, every game we've made has been a step towards improving our credibility, mm. in, in, improving our experience, building our team, to try and reach that level interesting so like gary yeah. v wants to buy the jets he does want to buy is, the this jets. is your this is your, yeah. your your jets in a way yeah. i want to make this game yeah. and I'm it make... is yeah. awesome that's yeah. that's such an amazing i mean that's such an amazing thing to, to have a driver something that you just need to achieve and, and everything else it's not to say that obviously it's not to say that everything else in between is is collateral or it's just a build up to it, it kind of is but it's also it's building your mileage it's building the um Surely it refines the vision as well, yep. and it makes you realise what is possible, what won't work so well. Maybe. Oh and my god! If I, yeah, if I look at the pitch materials that we put together for in two thousand and seven, yeah. they're hilarious because we were completely naive. Yeah. But but the core concept is still um, super tight, mm. and it's one of it's one of those ideas that when you when you read it, it's so obvious that you think someone's gonna. Someone's going to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every couple of years, something comes out, whether it's a film or a game, and I'm like, "Fuck, they've done it." Oh, and they haven't. They have, but but the but the trailer or the marketing materials mm. or something alludes to something similar. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, "Damn it, I missed my boat." But uh, but it's not there. It's mm. not it's not the same. Mm. And it's the execution as well. It is. Oh, the absolutely. Yeah, as well. yeah. I felt that pain of having pitched a a really cool space story. Um, a few years ago and it was just like just the, the publisher was keen everything was going well and then interstellar came out uh what's the other <laughs> one the, the matt damon one that one came out and then right. gravity came out and then it was just in the water and i was like right. oh, no. Damn. um but it, you know it's it's ups and downs It'll, it will come back around again so yeah. we just hold on to it until then but yeah i can imagine something that's been baking for so long so when are you gonna make it don't know. I mean, this this project that we're working on with you is a big step towards it mm -hmm. from what we've been working on before. So we need to, so that we need to do that first, mm. and that will that will show people, show publishers that we're capable of doing this bigger vision. The demos look amazing. Like the the the, 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 the it's getting there. It, it looks really cool. It's getting there. Yeah, 
Is any of that hit the public domain? No. At all yet? Okay. No. Okay. We might. The plan is to start sharing it. Okay. But we've got a bit of time yet. Um, but I would, I would really love to get you and Simon. Um, in a cabin. In a cabin. Yeah. I mean, it sounds a bit seedy, but. I mean, is it a nice cabin? <laughs> is it like Pinewood cabin? Or... Could be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be up for that. I'd definitely yeah. be up for that. Yeah, that sounds good. Cool. Let's do it. What else should we talk about? Um, I'm just trying to... Th I mean, I did have a question for you, actually. Why games over any... Because you mentioned the novels and, and yeah. the graphic novels and things like that as well. Um, what, why was it games that you chose? Uh... Because I'm going to get paid. Yeah, is it a good, good, good sector to get paid in? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not doing too bad. We're, I mean, I don't think we're in that bracket mm. to be paid lots. But um, mm. I did fine art at university, mm. and part of that was uh, art history. Mm. So I studied all of the different art movements. You know, right from well, stretching back in time. Mm. And what was very evident was that art movements were kicked off and defined by the technology that was available okay. at the time. So oil paintings took off, mm. particularly landscapes, when the lead paint tube was invented. Interesting. Because people could just take their tubes and go out yeah, and start yeah. painting landscapes. It's like the iPad of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And whilst I was at university, studying art history it was very clear that video games were not part of the curriculum because mm. it was too new yeah but i'd learned enough to know that you know these people making oil paintings mm. were making a decent living from patrons that were paying them to paint ceilings and yeah, yeah. you know so where so where are you going to get paid as an artist mm. yeah <laughs> this is I'm I'm glad you mentioned this was a, a whole thing for me as well. Um, it's it's hard to monetize creativity. Yeah. I think it's, it's it's really hard. Actually. I think that if there's a book in me, it's how do you navigate the world as a creative person? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the, the the I'd love to write a book like the you know the um, I had a title. It's gone. I probably shouldn't mention it. Actually, it's a cool title. But the the idea of actually, I I, I think, and I I speak so broadly here, and this is not every artist or any you know. I know lots of professional artists, mm -hmm. um, but the the hardest thing I think is letting go of perfection and almost letting go of your creative integrity to a degree to be able to actually. I mean, for an artist, and I, I think I assume it's the same for me. I think the faster you are at being good. The, the easier this then becomes so yeah. if, if you you know if you can produce things really well quite quickly you, you, you're in with a good chance of of you know getting a mortgage i don't know whatever whatever your goal is if you uh, pick the right vocation right yeah because well, you, you could easily just be sat you mm. could e you could just as easily be doing caricatures mm. on the beach and really struggling to make a crust yeah i mean that is that is that's that's just a roll of the dice, if I'm honest. That's really really hard. That's that's hard. So I, I could never. I mean, even even to a degree, I think uh, the comic convention circuit. There, I know so many artists that make you know that they 
they make good money doing doing kind of comic conventions and sketches and things like that yeah it was just something i couldn't ever really get on with it was just kind of like you and I, i admire those people so so much for being able to do that but for me i just couldn't get into the rhythm of just rolling the dice every weekend or every other weekend and just just seeing what kind of came back it just it felt it felt too it didn't feel stable yeah. um so kind of and i think you might have done the same thing with this and you've you've picked something that that i mean it's not to downgrade your endeavors say easily you know easy to 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 monetize but i mean i i guess you've picked something that that sounds like a good good in between balance of creativity but also kind of you know being able to i mean what you've got here is fantastic and and what you produce is fantastic so getting there yeah you got a good balance of everything so yeah, yeah that's, that's 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 the hardest thing it's i picking think. a vibrant market mm. where there's plenty of sparks flying mm. yeah yeah no totally and like i think the um i got real lucky again if i'm honest timing wise um i mean publishing typically as i understand it isn't the most lucrative market um but the comics movies you know few of which i've actually drawn for i mean, worked with disney on some some infinity war stuff and, and and disney were doing the distribution for the glass movie actually so that was through them as well awesome um but you know you know i haven't drawn a spider-man comic but because of the spider-man movie the work that i've done in graphic novels has kind of been boosted and elevated and, and it became that because of those movies more than you know right. you know it was super interesting actually the, the way that kind of all, all went down and it was a, a series of really really good you know well-timed things that just happened by accident that you know Do you reckon there's a boom in comics then um i mean it's oh, defined boom i guess first of all I, I think there's a there's a boom for the comics material and this is just an opinion. I could be so so wrong. You know, I think uh, you know, I, I can I can see some uh, financial officer of a, of a comic company going, "You're just so wrong. You don't know what you're talking about." But my my, my view is that yeah. um, I think I'm trying to word this correctly. I don't think comics are as popular as the movies. And I, I don't think they've fed into each other in the way that people had anticipated. First of all, people would turn up to a Comic-Con for the the Rocket Raccoon merch or the Baby Groot, not necessarily for the Guardians of the Galaxy comic. I do think that's changing. But, but I, I do think that's born of the fact that the two worlds, the comic world and the, and I'm using Marvel as an example because I, I do think they've managed to kind of cross-pollinate really, really well. Um, they have this is insane um, but they don't marry up like you pick up a Captain America comic and you watch the film and they, 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 there's there's almost zero correlation yeah. in, in, in how and, and I think if and you know there are there are bigger better brains than me that are probably working on this probably already have worked on this and I haven't paid attention or whatever but if they if they were more closely intertwined I think there would be more of a um, a crossover between those audiences, which more I, of a boost in the comic sales. You mean. Yeah, right. I do. But I think what is happening in comics is super interesting. It's almost becoming a, um, it's like an, a, like a, a space to generate new concepts, right. ideas, IPs, fertile ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it, like I say, it's Netflix cost- just running around going. This, 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 I'm this green like everything. Here we go. All these comics are green like yeah. Um, yeah. But um, um, 
yeah, I think it's a good space to kind of like in a cost more cost effective manner than other forms of media produce new ideas right. and you know yeah. oblivion and, and edge of tomorrow were good examples of that as well yeah. um lock and key um i think stranger things became a comic from the tv i don't know which way around that works but um, not sure but yeah there's lots of lots of cross cross but games comics comics film yes it's all very when i was cool. trying to learn about comics mm. i went to dave's comic shop in brighton mm. and i asked do you think the marvel movies are doing it right and if they're not, what are they getting wrong? And the guy said, I've not watched any of the movies. They're, they're sort of irrelevant. Mm. They're for the people out there. Mm. I do what I do. I run a comic shop. Mm. Those are for the mass market. I'm like, mm. it has to be that way because they've got to sell lunchboxes mm. and duvets. And But to a degree, and you know, I've not met Dave, no, it might not have been Dave actually it might have been Dave oh I see one of yeah. Dave's employees but, yeah. okay but I mean to a degree I, I, there is an element of that thinking that keeps comics small like right. by going that's mainstream uh, uh, you know the, the implication is this isn't mainstream and that's why the sales aren't translating so in a way that's almost part of the problem right. i.e. comics are comics and everything else is everything else like I, that's just an opinion just yeah. off, off the top of my head from from what you've said um but yeah and i mean I, I think comics has been seen as like a geeky niche and maybe not in the states in the uk like when i was a kid when i was 10 i would hide my comics and i'd take them home and then i'd read them and it wasn't necessarily something to be to be proud of and now people are so interested in the things that i do i i don't know if it would have been, if, if instagram existed 20 years ago i don't think people would care in the right. UK at least about comics to to the degree that they do. the US market's huge yeah. like, the collector market's huge I it's mean it's a cultural thing there isn't it yeah it really is I mean I, I, it was a very much a there was a there was a collector's market which I do think has dwindled there was an original art market and a collector's market I do think is dwindling because there's just so many comics out there at the moment and there's so many alternate covers to collect and there's so many kind of like marketing strategies and tactics and there's so many digital artists as well now um, that I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd probably have to speak to those artists that still do well off of that. Um, but but yeah, no, there are elements that are kind of dwindling, and and it's. I feel like I'm more of a production artist than 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 it's 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 actually digital art. You lose some of the the craft of the the paper and the texture mm. and the inks and the the smell. Even just the smell is is, mm. is and, and just using like a, an art board to produce all of the panels. And you know, people. I I, I know artists that spend couple of days two or three days who still work with pencils still work with things on, on on a page you're reminding me of chasing amy oh yeah, yeah. oh right yeah oh yeah yeah i haven't seen that in years actually <laughs> i need to see that again yeah i do yeah no that, that is good um sorry carry on um but yeah that two or three days to pr produce a page it can be done in two or three hours wow. four hours wow. maybe yeah you know a day kind of max yeah exactly well that's, that's that's with where the, the team comes in so someone to help finish the pages to color the pages that you're not doing everything by yourself you can move a lot more quickly through that but there is there is a uh, there is an art form that's being lost somewhere in there for a new art form and it's right. not to say it's less valid it's just to say um you know there's arts like, like you know there's horses and paintings and stuff and then um there's kind of the digital production side of it which it's just this just it's just not quite the same but it it works for me i'm i own it and i'm happy with that mm. I, I love it to be honest i like working i like working 
I mean, without a deadline, nothing ever gets done. So I, I do like a good a good deadline. Do you gift comics to your family and friends and things? Uh, do I? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah, I do. Sometimes do sketches for people as well and things like that. So um, what was the last one I did? And actually, it's quite cool because some of the 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 kind of like the the clients that were so uh, they the the people working for those companies occasionally end up commissioning me kind of privately, which is quite hmm. nice. It's nice. It's a nice. Great. Thing. It is nice. It's it's really nice to kind of do a personal thing as well as a um, kind of a, a more of a professional thing um so there's that that nice balance there i assume it's not as easy to make a game for your family for christmas and you know, i don't know i don't know god yeah every time i pretty much every time i go and see my mum for christmas she's like when are you going to paint me a picture oh yeah oh, i've had that yeah i've had that <laughs> never 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 you need to get over that mum yeah you should do one for your mum you should i made her some music and she didn't like it well, well, there you go then. Maybe she's not getting a painting. <laughs> she could have pretended. Yeah. Uh, I did have another question. It's gone from my mind. Something to do with Dave's comics. Oh, yeah. So when I was trying to figure out what comics were again, remind myself, I watched this video called How to Get Into Comics on YouTube. And it was amazing. Mm. It completely opened the door for me to be able to know where to start. Mm. And I really think that comic shops should have that video running mm. because the number where did it tell you where to start? Where did it out of interest? Sorry, where did it tell you to start? I'm curious. Uh, it said, well, first of all, it, it laid down the difference between singles and trade volumes mm. and mm. graphic novels. Yeah, so I could understand what that was, what yeah. that meant. Then it talked about runs mm. and the fact that, uh, say, for example, Batman. There's been many, many different runs mm. throughout history. Like creative team run type thing. A creative yeah, team. Yeah. So if you want to read Batman, you can pick a run mm. and you can read maybe 30 to 60 comics yeah. that are part of that run. You don't have to read every single Batman comic, mm. Mm. which was, I didn't know. Yeah. So that helped break down some of the barriers. I mean, that is, I didn't even think that, that I mean, I, I just kind of, no, I didn't even think that that would be a barrier. It's a barrier to yeah. entry, isn't it? The, the it size is. of the uh, yeah of the material. Okay, it's the yeah because you don't. What was the example he gave? What was the example he gave? I think it was something like, um, "How do you get into Harry Potter, or how do you get into Game of Thrones?" Hmm. Well, Game of Thrones, you just watch the first episode. Yeah, but how do you get into Batman comics? Yeah, yeah. Do you start? you have to start with the very first Batman comic. Yeah, I mean- Which frankly looks a bit naff if you're into modern aesthetics. Yeah. So that was an eye opener. I thought, well, okay, I can pick a run that I like the sound of and I like the art and I can just jump in there. Mm. That was the second thing. Third thing was, uh, what was the third thing? Damn it. I mean, those two things are really good to be fair. That's, I mean, the run thing is super helpful. Yeah. Was it like a character thing or was it like a, 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 a genre thing? Oh, the third thing was he did a he did a quick five to ten second for every genre that you might be interested in. Mm. So if you're into sci-fi, check out these comics. If you're into westerns, check out these comics. Mm. If you're into family-oriented, check out these comics. So maybe two minutes mm. worth of recommendations. That's what you need as a beginner. You yeah. just want to get in there and pick a genre that you like. 
genre or character or, yeah. or for me artist or writer or something like that like yeah that's a, that's a good, I mean what did you pick up what was the first thing you picked up uh, I picked up Lazarus okay because that was sci-fi yeah um, Watchmen yeah, of course, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Blade Runner. Oh, the yeah. Recent Blade Runner. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That looked gorgeous. That yeah. was really, yeah. It looks great. Yeah, that looked really good. Um, what's the other one? I mean, I bought a load of comics. I mean, they're really good choices. They are good choices. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, it was, Titan did the Blade Runner thing, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, some of those covers looked amazing, actually. It looks great. Yeah. And they got Sid Mead to do one, didn't they? I think Before so. Before he yeah. passed away. I think so, yeah. Mm. I mean, unpopular opinion. I was never a fan of the first Blade Runner movie. I watched it when I was too young. Mm. But I watched it back it's as... long ass. Yeah, I watched it as an adult and I kind of liked it more. And then I had a, a talk with someone who refused to accept that I didn't like the film and then starts to kind of break it down a lot more. And now I love it as, as a concept and I need to rewatch it actually. I, I haven't seen the new one yet. I, I need to watch the new one. I know, Dude. I know, I know, I know. I like Ryan Gosling. Uh, I like the material and I'm looking forward to it, but I want to rewatch the first one first. I don't know which, which edition to watch, which, um, which cut to watch. Final cut. It's final cut. Okay. That sounds super simple. Yeah. I'll give that a go. Yeah. Okay. Well, Blade Runner 20. I watched it maybe seven times in the cinema. Wow. It's really? an audiovisual feast. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sound purchase. is great. Music's great. Yeah. And it and it lingers mm. in a in a beautiful way on beautiful shots. So as an artist, you're going to appreciate yeah, the spectacle yeah, yeah. of it. Oh, nice. I mean, I felt that way about the Joker film, the recent Joker oh, yeah. film. Actually, that was a that's a film. Whew. I mean, I've never cheered so so hard for like the baddest guy in the world to kind of <laughs> like destroy it I, it's, it's just disturbing isn't it yeah i was i was genuinely elated for him to yeah. become who he I, I don't know and i know exactly exactly the moment you're talking about yeah right yeah. but what i really liked about it more so is that is is the spoilers i don't think so in all the other batman films the wayne family is kind of very much elevated and very aspirational and very uh not angelic, but but quite pure. Pillar, this, of, pillar of society. Yeah, yeah, and this just flipped the perspective entirely. Mm. And I really loved that, just to see a completely different version of this, because yeah. that's probably just as true as yeah. the other version. And yeah. that, that was nice. That was good. Um, when DC get it right, they get it super right. Super, just, super right. It's yeah. just not many hits. But they were leading They were leading cinema for decades, like for years. Like they, I mean, even the, um, the original Batman films... Um, they were great films. The Bert, Superman, the yeah, the Superman films, the true, Donna stuff, true, um, true. And you know, meanwhile, you know, I think on the the flip side, uh, there was a Captain oh, yeah, America really. movie, wasn't there? Was there was also that weird TV Spider Man. I wasn't going to mention that, but yes, there was the weird TV Spider Man, the live action where yeah. he did the web and then like it changed shot and it's like rope just like flew across the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the seventies though. To be yeah. fair, it was the seventies, but it was um, and then he climbed the wall, but he was kind of. He clearly wasn't climbing a wall. I mean, they did a good job with what they had, I'd imagine. But that weird funk music as well. Yeah, but that's only on a par. Funk with symbols. The, that's on a par with the Batman of the day. To the, true, the, yeah. true. Um, but yeah, no. And then they, DC, I mean, I loved the film. I loved the Watchmen film. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. I did feel sorry for the people that had never watched, read the graphic novel that watched that film because I can't, I just can't see how they would have understood the film. And maybe I'm patronizing, I don't know, but... You needed to. You needed to read. I, I've them. not. I've. I've got it, but I've not read it yet. I'm halfway through V for Vendetta. Mm -hmm. That's oh, good. The graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's really good. 
Um, but what, Watchmen, they're both they're both on a par. They're both absolute classics. Um, I'd be interested to see what you thought of the graphic novel versus the movie. Okay, I'll let you know. Yeah. The uh, yeah okay no more. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Can't say. But visually, that film was you know incredible. I I, I yeah, thought yeah. it was really really good. And there was that scene with Doctor Manhattan where he's kind of goes to Mars and there's the music and um, it's really really like intense kind of classical track and I think it's from another film I, it's a Russian track and I, I could never pronounce it you know with a degree of coherence but yeah it's very intense I love that scene it's maybe one of my favourite scenes in, in cinema just ever it's just great you know they're making the new Matrix yeah I do it was always going to come fingers crossed it was always going to come it was, but I don't know I don't know anything about the pro. I haven't looked into it at all. I don't know. I assume it's some kind of second coming. I would imagine. I have no idea. But I, I did like the first trilogy. I, I did. I, I did like the last film. What did What did you think? I thought the trilogy was good. I mean, the first is always going to be, you know, amazing. The second was a. It was a visual masterpiece, but it was it was a bridge film, and I, I don't feel like. I mean that that action sequence that starts. Right. Yeah. I mean, what is it? it starts on the on the motorway. The yeah, freeway. yeah, yeah. That's an amazing sequence. Music kicks in. Yeah. God, that damn. And yeah, it ends yeah, with yeah. Neo just swooping in from. Ooh, knock the camera. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Um, Dramatic. Uh, swooping Dramatic. in from the uh, the, the uh, Tibet or something. Yeah. Right. Grabs yeah. them at the last second. It's like, and uh, who that, is it that just goes yes? Yeah, oh, it's uh, it's the, the the operator. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's doing. He's he's the audience of that. Yeah. Point. That is a good film. And then there's yeah. even the whole thing with the, is it the Nebuchadnezzar where they're kind of flying through? Or is that the third one? I'm getting confused now, I think. But no, no, it was the second one actually, because they end up with Smith. There's no spoilers for The Matrix. Yeah, Smith's it's okay in the to, Nebuchadnezzar. To, yeah, it's yeah. okay. Like, yeah. You can't spoil The Matrix anymore, can no. you? No. Uh, but the third one, I thought it was a great conclusion to the whole thing. I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it started so high, yeah. it dropped a couple of steps, but yeah. it was still better than most films yeah, right? yeah. that were released <laughs> at that time. It was the closest thing visually to, in live action to Dragon Ball Z that I've ever, I'd ever found the ending. So I was like, this is my thing. Yeah. So they were very inspired by comics, right? But there wasn't actually a Matrix comic, was there? I don't think... It was, I think it was based on a comic, but it probably could have been. Maybe they storyboarded it like a comic? Yeah, maybe. I mean... I actually don't know. I I, I, th I would have picked up a Matrix comic if it was there. But also, how old was I when the first one came out? What was it, 99? Yeah. I think I was about 14, 13, maybe. Am I no there? way. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think I was 20. Yeah, 19, 20. I mean, it was, yeah, maybe I was, I'm, just thinking, I'm pretending I'm 29 and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, great, great films. I look forward to the, the next. I mean, I, John Wick is so good. I mean, in a way, I kind of don't want to see Keanu Reeves go back to that character. He's right. kind of like built mm. upon it so much. And he's, uh, but yeah, I'll definitely, of course, I'll watch it. I would always watch a Matrix film, see, see what it's like. Um, I just wonder, I mean, it concluded fairly, you know, it was a solid, it, it concluded. It ended. Yeah. yeah. Like it was, there was, I mean, if it was the first Matrix and then the second one 20 years later, whatever, fine. But that film ended, like, perfectly maybe not but it ended and I just wonder what they're going to do with it mm. like um, it's intriguing some kind of like symbolic second coming of the, or if it, I don't know I don't know we'll see we'll have to watch we'll it have to see. we'll have to watch it yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Cool. So I'm going to show you Peaky Blinders. Yes. Let's see it. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. I've started watching the show, actually. I'm kind of on the second season, actually, at the moment. It's great. It's great. Uh, Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy. Killian. He's amazing. He's an amazing actor. Have you seen Sunshine with him? Yeah. Whew. That film. It's like a horror film. It is actually. It turns into a horror film, actually. But it's, woof, that is an intense film. It's an amazing film into the last, in my opinion, last two minutes. Gets a bit silly. Do you think? Yeah. See, I, I, is that the hysteria? Is that the, is that, I mean, the journey they've gone on, is that, I kind of liked it. I don't know, because it, it blurs reality and, and it starts to blur the lines between what is and isn't real. Yeah, but at one point you don't really know what's real and what's not, right? Did you feel that way? Or do you feel, did you I'd take it literally? No, I took it pretty literally that he's just a guy mm. uh, burnt to a crisp gone insane mm. but is it is it is it it could could it also be madness entirely madness maybe mm. yeah picky blinders let's do that that's more yeah. more literal all right yeah cool. thanks so much no thanks for having me this has been, been a pleasure wonderful yeah and i think we should definitely do that cabin yeah i'm gonna start planning it cabin in the woods let's 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 do it <laughs> and i hope some of the crap i said on this gets edited out <laughs> <laughs> no no. no edits. No, okay. Well, I might um, I might throw in some images. All right, cool. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. My images. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could do like a process thing, actually, like a step-by-step -step process. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, man. Let's do it again. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.